0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. If you think what this guy says is bad, imagine what's rolling around in his head. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast, and I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a lovely, lovely May Day. (laughs) Spent the weekend planting some flowers. Still sore from that. Um, On tonight's show on Pipe Parts, uh, more Ask the Pipe Maker with Jeff Grasick, and then my guest is uh, a pipe-smoker and uh, canine deputy sheriff kyle ostrander who many of you will know from facebook in the palmetto pipe club and then music mailbag and rant all that coming up on a uh, standard issue weekly episode of the pipes magazine radio show uh before we get going congratulations to john david and beau for 300 episodes i hope you guys keep going maybe someday you'll catch up to me 300 more please 300 more that's all i want and uh, congratulations to Missouri Meersham on 150 years. Uh, 150 years. I'm not going to make that, um, and I don't think I don't I don't think anybody is left from the original Missouri Meersham either. Anyway, uh, please, as we head into summer and your travel plans start kicking in gear, I want you to do a couple things. One. Remember, download and save the Pipes Magazine radio show. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. If you're on iTunes, a rating or review would be greatly appreciated. And uh, two, if you have any travel questions, please email me, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. It's still not too late to plan something for this summertime. And for me, <laughs> the uh, summertime becomes my slow time because, uh, hey, we're not going too many places this summer. You know, it's... Just not, no need to travel, so I'll be home a lot, and I do plan on uh, spending a lot of time hanging out and smoking my pipe out in public. So again, remember, you know, smoke your pipe out in public. Leave us ratings or reviews. Share the Pipes Magazine radio show, and if you have any travel questions, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in and here we go.
1: This is Phil Morgan, general manager of Missouri Corn corncob pipes in Washington, Missouri.
0: We are back on the pipes magazine radio show and joining us again for another ask the pipe maker segment, which I'm having a lot of fun with these because I get to, I get to learn stuff too. So, Uh, but joining us is the pipe maker, Jeff Allen, Bert Grasic. It's a good thing. You didn't put your whole name on those pipes. I know. Right.
2: I mean, I'd have to go all the whole way around the shank.
0: Yeah. And you'd have to buy all the alphabet in the stamps. Uh, (laughs) Uh, That's right. All right, Jeff, from Jason Smith, we have this one, and I really don't know how to answer this, so I'll be interested to see what you say. All Uh, right. Are there certain dimensions that you are looking to achieve when making a pipe, or is the finished product just the result of artistic license? And I want to break this up and ask this in maybe a couple of parts that might be detailed. Okay. Okay when you look at a classic pipe, what are some of the, like a classic billiard or a classic bulldog? What are some of the dimensions that you're looking for that you think makes it that classic versus, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously your, you know, your handmaids or your strawberry shapes or whatever the, the shapes that you've created, Mm -hmm. uh, those dimensions came out of
2: your eyes. Right. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, for the, for the classic shapes, I mean, they're largely informed by a uh, classical shape vocabulary. So we've got, um, you know, the English and French tradition, which has one particular approach to these shapes. And uh, I mean, it's not just one approach, but you know what I mean? There's like yeah. a shape catalog that's kind of drawn from. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the Danish tradition that is a little more informed by mid-century design instead of early 20th century design Um, and i would say that my work my classical work is more influenced by that mid-century danish approach i mean a little german in there a little bit of uh japan as well but all of those kind of filtering from uh the danish approach to design um what i'm looking for ultimately is you want to you want to have a shape that is recognizable so a billiard ought to look like a billiard and that's <laughs> primarily understood by the profile of the bowl, correct? Yep. Yeah. And then I mean you can have it cant a little more, a little less. Um, you can have you know the, the the angle of the bowl in relationship to the the shank that is. Um, You can bend it. And is it going to be like a straight shank or is it going to be a nice, nicely, gently curved shank, um, as you would find more in Danish pipes? Um, That tends to be my approach where I want to have nice flowing lines everywhere, even on my classical pipes, instead of um, real uh, abrupt changes in direction for the profile.
0: With the Allen Brothers pipes, there those are your designs, but those are also designs kind of modified classics that you have proportions that you like?
2: Yeah, I mean, when we were approaching this line of, of shapes for Allen Brothers, I mean, primarily we wanted to do classically based shapes uh, because those tend to sell. They tend to have a broader audience. And we're looking at it as pipe retailers, not just pipe designers. So we're trying to find the biggest market that we can for them. Uh, that tends to be more classically influenced uh, shapes because more people uh, find those shapes approachable. I mean, not everybody is into a fugu blowfish or, you know, a pipe that stands on a foot. Like those are, uh, I, I think you know from going to the Chicago Pipe Show or a lot of different pipe shows that you'll see, you'll walk around the show and you'll see. A lot of tables will have one showpiece. It's that's like artistic. This is how I tend to approach things, where I'll have one that will kind of draw people to the table and might have one or two potential customers in the room. But it draws, say, dozens of people to my table to see it, but they want to buy, then, then they see these classical pipes on my table, and those are the ones they actually want to buy to smoke. Yeah. But they are attracted because of this artistic piece. So it's kind of a brand
0: imagery thing, similar to how uh, Chevy does the, does the massive souped up fancy Corvettes that, you know, they may have one in the showroom, but then it spills down to the rest of their image with their brand and all the other Chevy product.
2: Yeah. I mean, isn't that, that that's what concept cars are, right? Yeah. Um, that you're trying to show what you can do and what your creativity is um, and how you can build that into your existing um recognized brand but you also are your bread and butter is making you know in that case like a pickup truck or or an explorer or a taurus you know
0: yeah now are there uh, and if we're hearing any background noise it's because the uh, it's because the magic elf gremlins are making more j allen pipes or allen that's Brothers. that's right i, I try the, to quiet them down yeah the allen brothers pipes um are, are there certain I I don't know how to ask this, but when you're doing your, when you're doing one of your own Fugu back, back backflip, you know, sandblast bamboo pipes or whatever they are, Mm -hmm. uh, are there certain dimensions that you need to stay away from? Uh, Can you, you know, uh, obvious, uh, I guess it all has to do with that shape and then proportional balance
2: and weight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you've you've largely answered the question right there. I mean, there's no there's no magic number that we can look to. Um, there have been uh, several people who have done explorations um, in design, in specifically in pipe design, trying to understand how proportions work together and what works and what doesn't based on um, traditional design ideas. And those are largely guidelines, in 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 my opinion, um, they're not prescriptive. Um, they do describe what some successful shapes, uh, or why some successful shapes are indeed successful, but just abiding by those design principles will not be sufficient to, um, to have a successful pipe shape. So there's no, there's, there's no real way to give you a number or, or a set of numbers that would work well together. I mean, perhaps he's saying, you know, does this, does the the ratio of the, the height of the bowl to the, the width of the chamber, is that relevant? Well, it can be. Some people like really wide bowls and um, uh, really wide bowls that aren't all that deep, like a, a prince or an author might be, right? Yeah. Um, and other people detest them. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got customers who like really thin walls on on their pipes and you know, that's a burnout risk as far as I'm concerned, um, but that's largely in the pipe smokers, um, you know, area of responsibility. I'll make it as thick as I feel is uh, uh, necessary for me to feel safe sending it out there, but it's largely the pipe smokers responsibility to treat his or her briar well. I mean, you want to be in conversation with your customers and observe what other people are making and selling consistently to get an idea of what the market is looking for, and that I have found to be pretty informative um, to myself as I as I plan what I'm going to be doing.
0: Yeah, and we and we've t- we touched on this a little bit in a previous in a previous ask the pipe maker where I talked about my finger sticking in the bowl. Uh, uh-huh. You know, there are there are hard and fast measurements that I need as a consumer. And I look for those hard and fast measurements. You know, can my finger stick in the bowl? Well, if my finger can't get in the bowl, then the bowl's too narrow for me. It's not going to work. There's nothing wrong with the pipe at that point, except that it just isn't suited for me.
2: Um, Right, right. Yeah. And you're getting into like, is, are there objective numbers that define what is or isn't a good pipe? Yeah. Uh, Not necessarily, but are there subjective ones? Yeah. You know what you like. And another customer might know what he or she likes, which is completely different from what you would be attracted to.
0: And, uh, you know, and and at the same time, there may be a style or a design of pipe that I don't like. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it isn't good. And I guess it all gets Mm -hmm. down to. Yeah. At, at every point of this, when you look at it, there are reasons why people like billiards versus bulldogs or, you know, uh, Dublins versus Prince shapes. And then when it gets into the freehand stylings, uh, you know, it becomes really artistic and interpretation of what they like. And there's, yeah. 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 There's, there's something out there made for everybody.
2: There, There is, there is. And I mean, there's a, uh, kind of a, a dismissive, but truthful response that you would find in among collections of pipe makers who are, um, learning their craft is someone will show something that they've made as their beginning. And uh, oftentimes the response is, well, someone will like it, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Jeff, we'll, we'll leave that there and we'll, uh,
0: let you uh, get back to uh, making sure that the, uh, that the little, uh, pipe elves are doing the right things over there.
2: All right. Sounds good.
0: And we'll be back in just a minute this is internet radio have a look in your tobacco cellar what do you see think of what you smoke what you age what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more that's your taste and whether you know it or not you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke but the funny thing about taste It changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching
1: for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're
0: still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me is somebody who I've actually met uh, twice now, I believe, uh, but a, a a neighbor to the state, to the south of me, and I promise you, I will not pick on South Carolina too much, uh, and I and I hope you can tolerate that. Uh, but uh, Kyle Ostrander, pipe smoker, and canine uh, sheriff deputy, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show.
3: Hey, Brian. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, and and I also forgot to mention uh, fellow Disney fanatic. So uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, nerds more like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know we get a little geeky about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we may, uh, you know, we we may talk a little bit about the recent news. But first of all, uh, I'm assuming you grew up in South Carolina, and that's where you were born, raised, and reared.
3: I was born in South Carolina, but I was a military brat. For the first 10 years of my life, my dad was Air Force, moved around, I actually spent time in Denmark when I Ooh. was younger, of course, way before I knew about the arson pipe makers out there. <laughs> yeah. And, what I knew. and we moved back to Florida in about late 80s, and then my dad retired, and we moved to South Carolina, early 90s, and I've been here ever since. So that, that's pretty much what you remember as home. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I was in the Marines as well, went to North Carolina for a little bit, for about four years, and now I'm stuck here. So when you came up to North Carolina, did you get shoes? What now?
0: Did you get shoes when you came up to North Carolina? I got some boots. Yeah, because, you know, not standard issue in South Carolina. No,
3: no, I'm, I'm not even wearing shoes anymore right now.
0: Yeah, good, good, good. All right, so when did uh, when did pipe smoking come into your come into your life? And too bad you weren't buying
3: pipes when you were a, a youngster in Denmark. What three years old in Denmark? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, actually, about two years ago, I was really heavy into bourbon. I still like my bourbon. I like drinking bourbon, but I was big in collecting, and of course, all the Facebooks and all the social medias. A lot of it involved cigars. Not involved, but a lot of people were smoking cigars along with it. Um, at the time I wasn't a big cigar smoker because hey, I, I didn't know how to smoke a cigar correctly. I'll light one up for half of it, put it down, come back to it later. It tastes like crap. <laughs> didn't, I didn't like it. Um, I started doing some research. I found, you know, somewhere or somehow I found out, well, pipes, you can light them up, smoke them for a little bit, put them down, come back. It won't affect the taste too much. So I give it a shot. went down to my local B&M, got me, uh. I think I got a basket briar at first, and some local stuff they called Georgia Peach. Mmm. Mmm, yes. And, of course, the usual, didn't pack it correctly. Um, so, using my finger to pack it, I used my tamper to jam it all the way down. <laughs> couldn't figure out how I couldn't get it lit, because a guy on YouTube says about the right way to do it. And, burnt crap of my tongue and did not taste like Georgia peach tastes like burnt <laughs> rhino butt and
0: do, do you have any have, have you had any experience
3: with burnt rhino butt to compare it to I have been to uh, Djibouti oh okay in uh Africa so I might have had some rhino butt I don't know yet it's <laughs> undetermined the tests are still out um but you know of course um I got Again, kept trying, kept researching, and I I eventually got to where um, I can enjoy this. I can enjoy my pipe now. Still learning, still not expert at it. Still sometimes have a really, really crappy pipe or crappy pack, and wonder what the hell's going on. But more likely, bad smoking experience, my fault. I'm still trying to learn this thing. And
0: for you, a pipe is kind of a done with work at the end of the day, and sit back, relax with your bourbon and. It's not. It's not kind of an all day thing or everyday thing.
3: It's not an everyday all day thing. Um, like right now, I'm off today. It's my off. So i am going to go outside, get my wife's iPad, go outside and watch uh, some Hulu, smoke a pipe, drink drink some coffee or a, a beer or a bourbon. Um, usually, my if if I'm if I come home from work, I, I'm too I'm too I'm too darn, I'm too darn tired to do anything. <laughs> so I'll go. You know, I'll go. I'll eat my dinner. Take a shower, go to bed. That's usually my that's usually my work routine. But my pipe smoking is usually off days. And now you are one of the few
0: people that has taken me up on the offer of if you're ever coming to the area, holler and we'll get together for a smoke because we've done that now what twice at twice. McCraney's and you were on your way to death metal, angry, nasty music concerts. Yeah, and you didn't want to go. I don't know why. I, I, well, uh, they're not
3: pretty guys. I only like bands with pretty guys in it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I texted you or messaged you and said, hey, do you know any good places to smoke? And he's like, yeah, I'll join you. And of course, you know, you're the king of uh, pipe media. I'm like, holy crap. A celebrity come and join me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you met me and you were like, okay, well, that's
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to do that again. Well, um, I, had, I had to do it again, make sure everything was all right the first time. So yeah, yeah, and it was worse. And what was the, the, Was the first, or second time you brought the a uh, crane uh, red ribbon with you, like a ten year red ribbon?
0: Uh, might have been the first time because I usually try to bribe people to like me the
3: first time. Yeah, it worked. Okay. It worked for a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll be back up in uh August for Iron Maiden. So now that's a band I can get behind.
0: Okay. But some of the other ones that you were going to see, like, uh, what is it? Slayer, Anthrax?
3: Slayer. Slayer. You can't, Anthrax, that's up your alley. Uh, that's not, your time frame.
0: Yeah, my time frame, but not my style.
3: Yeah,
0: okay. Um, uh, <laughs> how did you get into that, into that kind of music? Cause you're younger than I am, and those guys, those bands were older when I was getting into it.
3: Well, I got into, uh, I actually grew up in the generation where um, MTV actually had music videos. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Right. And the heaviest thing on there was Metallica. Mm-hmm. And me being from Podunk, South Carolina, there's not really a bit, big exposure to heavy music, except for what you see on the MTV. And all the country stations around here don't play good music. <laughs> so, and again, I, when I joined the Marines, I got exposed to people from all walks of life, all, all – parts of the country and they brought more heavier music the they exposed me to more heavier music which included slayer metallica anthrax hate breed all that good stuff and i just grew to love it even more than before but you know i'm not strictly a heavy metal fan i do like heavy metal i'm a metal head but i can listen to all kinds of music so <laughs> it it was a good relief
0: for uh, from the marines for you to hear that nice calm soothing music occasionally yeah, it really helped me calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then you combine that with the fact that you are a fellow Disney nerd. So it's just, you know, proof that we all come in different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And how often, I mean, you just got back from Disney World from doing one of their marathon weekends.
3: Yeah, I just got back from the... Uh... I gotta say this right now, Star Wars rival run weekend. It takes me a while to say that. My, so, uh, yeah, it was uh, a three day celebration of 5K, 10K and a half marathon. My fat butt ran the, or sorry, my fat butt run and walked the 10K and a half <laughs> for the challenge. Yeah, I'm not, I don't like to say I'm a runner. I do a, I do a thing called the run walk that Jeff Galloway, who's the uh, yep. running coach at Disney, Yeah, developed a thing called the run walk method for people like me, you know, run for a minute, walk for 45 seconds or whatever ratio you choose. So that's how I got through it.
0: So you're not out there really doing it for time. This is more of a fun event and a weekend kind of thing and just getting pictures with all the princesses.
3: That's, that's right. Yeah. That's
0: correct. Yeah, cuz you know, all of us adult Disney nerds. I mean, you, come on. All right, tell everybody, nobody else, you know, nobody'll laugh at you, but who's your favorite princess? Merida. Yeah. See. And I'm an Ariel fan. Right. Um but only if she's wearing the flippers, not when she becomes
3: married and has legs. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know. My my wife's a short little redhead too and she's pretty angry as well, so I kind of relate <laughs> to Merida. <laughs>
0: um <laughs> And how often will you get down to Disney world in a
3: normal year? We try to go like this year. We're going for like uh, a little under 10 days and that'll be our only like family vacation. But then probably next year, i will probably do a couple several long weekend trips. Um, actually, I, my, I just signed up for dopey. So that'll be a long trip as well. So at least two, three times a year. Now, for those that don't know, the Dopey,
0: the Dopey marathon, or the Dopey event, d- describe the
3: different events that include, that create Dopey. <laughs> All right. So it is a 5K on Thursday, 10K Friday, half marathon on Saturday, and a full marathon on Sunday. And don't ask me why I did it. I just did. <laughs> I regret every single minute of it. But I can't get my money back, so
0: I gotta go do it now. So, are you going to start training for this? or Are you just gonna go out there and hope that you don't have to get uh, resuscitated somewhere
3: along the course? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely training. I'm definitely <laughs> training. It's actually my first marathon, and yeah, I'm, a, I'm the dumb butt who tacked my first marathon on to this half, 10k, and 5k. So, I gotta run. What 19, 22 (laughs) miles before I even get to my, my, uh, full marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Smart move.
0: Yeah. It's only what, 48 miles or 50 miles total in one weekend of running. And you're and and the funny thing to me is that you're paying extra to go down there and participate
3: in these events. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, I don't know why. Don't, I I can't give you a good reason why I did it. Just that I want to do it. That's it. (laughs) When
0: I go down there, you couldn't get me up in the morning for a free breakfast with Ariel privately at seven a.m. <laughs> and you're gonna go down there, and some of these marathon events start at what three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, um, for the
3: this past this past trip, the half marathon started at five a.m. We had to be in the area by three thirty. And the first bus left at three from the Polynesian.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a, that's a we're we're gonna take a break so I can stop laughing. And when we come back, we'll talk <laughs> more pipes and cigars. And then we're gonna take this show to the dogs. So stay with us. We'll be back in a minute.
1: Wolf. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over twenty years. We've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornella Deal. From the Seller Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CD. As a crew of folks who just love tobacco, it's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, pipe-smoking Disney fanatic Kyle Ostrander and uh, listener of the radio show, because otherwise no one would ever have any reason to find me. Uh, But, Kyle, in particular of interest to me is you're a deputy sheriff and you're a canine deputy. So you work with a dog all day long. How do you... Give me the give me the origin of that cuz besides the fact that it sounds really cool, how do you get started with it? What kind of training is there and why? Okay, well, I'll go
3: with the why first. <laughs> um, but back when I was again, in the military, uh, I, I worked I saw working dogs and their job was to keep us safe by sniffing out bombs yep. on cars coming into the gates. And I thought I was I thought I was fantastic or amazing that you can teach some kind of dumb animal to save your life, essentially, <laughs> and and then when I, got, when I got out, military went to college, and I got into law enforcement. I started off in a small department, didn't have K nine in it, and I moved on to a bigger department. And for our department, is you got to go through a uh, essentially a like a, a promotion board almost. It's not a promotion, but it's kind of same same thing. You go to an interview, take a test, and I got selected. And then I went through 15 weeks of canine training. me back up. Sorry about that. Um, we get our dog. He, they come from the Netherlands. And they're about two years old, three years old. And they, the ones we get are part of a sporting group called the KNPV, which is some weird Dutch stuff I cannot pronounce. <laughs> you got to look it up. Google it, KNPV. And this is like they're their football. They go out and watch dogs do bite work, OB, obedience and control. And, and the, the, the people of the Holland these areas get into it and it's a big, huge event. And we get our dogs for them. So basically if you're a brand new handler like I was, you get a dog from the Netherlands, Holland, or get Netherlands or Holland, whichever you want to call it. They know more than you do. <laughs> and so, and then for us, again, it's a minimum of fifteen weeks of training. Again, they already know obedience control, bite work, and um, article search. Article searches—you throw, you lose your keys out there, or lose something. We gotta find. They'll go smell the human odor and try to find it. Wow. Yeah. Um, again, it's never, it's never, um, it's never a perfect situation. It's never, it's never guaranteed they're gonna find anything. It's just what they're trained to do. Different factors can happen. But then we get them, we train them in tracking narcotics or bomb, uh, you can't do both, um, area search, which is basically tracking offline to find a bad guy somewhere. And yeah, that's
0: about it. And so that that's 15 weeks. So after the dog's been trained, then the For dog comes over here mm-hmm. and then you go work with the dog and it's really teaching you how to work with the dog. Cause the dog already
3: knows what to do. Right, It's also a big bonding time. Like For the very first, I'll say 15 weeks of training is actually 18 weeks, because the first three weeks you have the dog, you just straight bonding. You're playing with him, bathing him, feeding him, um, hopefully he doesn't try to bite you, <laughs> and just be big friends with him. Wow. And then, mm-hmm. does the dog, so the dog lives with you? Yes, he is actually outside right now, running around the yard, uh, messing with my basset hounds. and. <laughs> Yeah. Like I tell my wife and I spend more time with him. I spend with you. <laughs> Y'all yeah. so be nice.
0: <laughs> so, so, so the dog's kind of like having a, you know, having, well, I guess it's like having a partner at work, but you get to bring your partner at home
3: and right. and, and your wife doesn't mind too much. No, sometimes he doesn't listen to her very much. And my younger boy likes to open, open a door for all the dogs to come in for some reason. And he does not listen to her. He goes straight for the cat food. <laughs> You hear her screaming. <laughs> uh, well, so
0: he'll listen very well to her. So he's, so he's a dog too. And then right. when it comes time to work, then he clamps down and becomes this, uh, this, this superhuman kind of thing that will sniff stuff out from a mile
3: away. Yeah. Yeah. Like way we work, my dog is uh, again, every handler, every dog is different. The way I do things is going to be different from what some guy in Indiana does or California does. But, my dog is he, – he he works off of cues or a way I set up. Like if I'm going to do a track, I put his tracking harness on and put my long lead on him. He knows I'm going to go tracking. If I go kneel down beside him, give him a pet, take his lead off, give him a command, he's he knows he's going to do an area search or article search. But he's back in my car. He's he's a dog. <laughs> he isn't go, he's not ready to go to work until I take him out and we do something, some kind of um, – Some kind of pattern, some kind of, uh, I can't think of the word right now because I'm drawing a blank. But you know what I'm trying to say, right here. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's just basically happy to sit there and play with the ball, and you know, and probably lick himself. And then when he's ready to work, he's like ready to work. Yeah,
3: he's pretty good at licking himself.
0: (laughs) Now, if he's at home, can you? Does he know the difference between home and when you're at work? I mean, can you? snap command him and then he goes into, he goes into, uh, in the police dog mode at home. The way, way we work it
3: is home is boring as crap, <laughs> right? He knows if he goes into the truck, he's going to go to work and possibly do something. And we do, we do something every day training. We do some kind of training every day, at least to get his mind, get his mind right and get my mind right. That, my, that matter. Um, but we make half the home boring as crap. No plan, very, well minimal plan. You know, like I say right now he's outside messing with the dogs. It's it's not fun to him. But he's gonna go he's and he's probably gonna lay down in his kennel because he's bored. But when I go to work again, when I go to work next time and he's gonna he see me walk up in my uniform, he's gonna go nuts. He's gonna try to bite me out of excitement and he'll try everything to get in that get into uh patrol car and then we're off to work is it important for him to have that downtime just like
0: like for you it's important that you have that downtime where you're not you know on edge and and on duty does does the dog need the downtime too
3: i think so yeah because again if they're in work mode over and over and over again they're gonna get they're gonna get burnt out like a human does yeah um like when we first uh, for experience my dog when i first got him we do obedience and control, which is basically just, you know, sit, lay down, walk with me kind of stuff. Um, and we hammer that in. It's basically, it's mostly more for me or the, the new handler to get used to the dog and just use commands. And, but he got so bored of it, he's kind of lackadaisical to him. He's like, is like, lackadaisical to him. Like, <laughs> I'll do it, but I don't like it. <laughs> okay, all but right. Then we, but then we start going and doing bite work and tracking, and he loves it. He's like a human, you know, certain things he loves, certain things he doesn't like. He's a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Yes.
0: <laughs> I like it. Uh, does he smoke a pipe?
3: No, he does not. <laughs> He's nowhere near the this, this, this smoke.
0: Does that Would that jack with his uh, sense of sniffing out drugs and stuff if he was, you know, I guess if you smoked around him? I assume so. and I don't want to test it. So he goes in his kennel when you get to, when you pull the pipe out.
3: Right. I'm not, like, yeah, he's running around the yard and stuff. I got my pipe or cigar smoking, but like, I'm not like, you know, our, our, our department's a tobacco free department. Yeah. And even if it was, even if we we're allowed to smoke, I would not smoke near him because I've heard, again, I've heard you've been through the, the Southern pollen season.
0: Oh yeah. I'm yeah, fighting it now.
3: Yeah. The dogs, the dogs can and, uh, Exhibit some kind of uh, allergy to pollen as well. So, what you're not saying, as, what you're not saying, not as bad as a human does, but well, it's still
0: so. What you're saying is, if you're going to mule some drugs through the south, come through during pollen season. Yeah, go ahead and try it. Yeah, no, but. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's like work. I don't like doing yeah. that. <laughs> um, how long will he work with you before he
3: gets retired? Now, um, as all the pins. That's the one thing bad about canine handling or canine questions is first thing I want to say is it all depends yeah. on everything. Um, my boy, he's about – he's on the smaller side, and he's and he'll probably last a little about – let me see. He's eight now. Probably about nine or ten years old. We'll start looking at him a little closer when he goes to the vet, make sure all his hips are good. Yeah. Um, everything like that. And, you know, but again, some dogs, especially the larger ones, get hip issues earlier and they may, they may, may only work like four years where my dog, I've had them since 2015 may go six, seven years, but it depends on how they're worked, how their structure is, their size. It's everything.
0: I know this is a podcast about pipe smoking, but I'm fascinated about this, uh, uh, yeah. One last one last question. What happens to him when he's retired? Does he stay with you? He goes home with me, a- and then you get a new work dog.
3: That's the plan. A- and then he doesn't get jealous of the new work dog. Um, I've heard stories about you know other handlers had their dogs retired, retired dogs out, and the other dogs. You know, the new dog gets in the truck and they kind of go through a little screw you phase yeah <laughs> like i got a, i got a retired bloodhound in my yard right now she don't give crap she's happy to be at out home b- outside sniffing around get going to my trash can <laughs> but you know you get more you get more dogs who are more uh more active yeah they're going to wonder why they can't go to work <laughs> all right enough about the dog let's
0: get back to pipe smoking um uh, do you do you remember? It's only been a couple of years, but do you remember that aha moment that you had when you finally found the types of
3: tobaccos you like and or how to pack them? I think my aha moment was definitely the how to pack. Pe- well, oh, actually, no, how to smoke the pipe was find that rhythm. I mm. saw the mutton shot piper video on the breath method, breathe method, whatever you want to call it. Yep, and that kind of helped me, not necessarily smoke it correctly but calm down enough calm down to smoke it get a good tempo it's like aha I can taste the whatever's now I can you know I can it, it um it that, that that method really helped me out that's all I guess that's really all i gotta say about that one and, and in the in the
0: past couple of years your pipe collection went from zero to how many do you have now and your wife's not listening so go ahead and give us the real answer probably about 10 <laughs> I ain't got many. Is there a is there a holy grail kind of pipe that you're
3: that you're looking for? Not necessarily. I mean, I mean, God bless those people who can do it, but you know, I I, I can't see myself spending exorbitant amount of money for a pipe. I mean, the pipes I like are about one fifty ish. I'll look more for like the workhorse kind of pipes. Yep. You know, if I drop them, who cares? It's gonna, be, it's gonna bounce and be all right. That's why I refuse to smoke a Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's definitely pretty ones out there that I want to get, but not upset if I don't get it. That makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Cause you know, yeah. also you're, you're smoking outside. It's not a, you know, it's not a five, it's not a five bowl a day habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, and, and I know you also live a basic outdoor active lifestyle. So if you're out fishing or hunting, you may bring a you may bring a pipe with you for the rest breaks and you don't want right. you don't need anything fancy. You just need good good engineered good wood. Yep. Uh, did you start off with a different, you know, with a different shape or style of pipe and then kind of gravitate in in a
3: different direction? I really like the Dublins. Dublin shapes kind of I see like a pipe on smokingpipes.com or tobacco pipes and like Every time I see a Dublin light, like, pretty. <laughs> so you, so you like that
0: wide bowl at the top.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a good, it's a good, uh, a good, especially get like a bigger Dublin. It's a good feel in the hand. Yeah. Well, and you're not exactly a small guy either. So you yeah
0: a little bit, big, pretty, a little bit bigger pipe. You know, I'm pretty hefty. Yeah. Well, and that, that marathoning stuff that you're training for that might help with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you may crack the pavement going down the road. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> and then the other thing you've done recently is on Facebook, you've started the, uh, what what exactly is the name of it? The Palmetto? The, the Palmetto Pipe and Cigar Club.
3: And what are
0: the goals with the Palmetto Pipe and
3: Cigar Club? I mean, right now it's just a social media-based Pipe and Cigar Club. Um, my buddy and I started it. Uh, it's been about a month, month and a half now. we get got about 50-plus members. Uh, the goal of it is to have – the goal is to have, you know, actually do some meetups around the area. We already had one meetup. About four or five people, folks showed up. But I know hopefully it's going to grow. We're going to try to go to different places. And eventually, hopefully, eventually, we get enough people on getting some kind of charity work around the pipe tobacco. Yeah. Again, showing, showing people that, you know, tobacco not all tobacco smokers are bad.
0: <laughs> kind of oh, ideal. don't go to California.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: don't or the uh, West Coast. Yeah, don't. Yeah, in fact, forget that whole part of the country.
3: Or or Colombia,
0: I mean <laughs> uh, Bogota. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, South Carolina. I oh, mean, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: no. It. It. I. I think the one time that uh, that you guys did have a meetup, I think I was actually at Disney World
3: when you were having the meetup. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. We're, we're, we're from around the we're from all from around the general area, but you know anybody can join. It's it's again right now Facebook social Palmetto piping. We got some guys from Pennsylvania, who who are in there. Uh, we met some of them down in Disney World. They were oh, down cool. there running with us, but you know anybody can join. It's very laid back. Just go post your pictures or your pipes and cigars.
0: Can you do me a favor when you do the dopey challenge? Uh, bring your pipe with you and just run with the pipe in your hand and, and maybe take a picture or two with it in your mouth. By the time, by the time I get a dopey, probably
3: everything every with smoking product be banned
0: <laughs> No, Cause yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll talk about the Disney ban real quick, but it doesn't, oh. it doesn't ban walking around with an empty pipe in your mouth. And I plan on doing that. And if anybody complains, they can kiss my bowl. Uh <laughs> But, but I figured, you know, maybe a bunch of us pipe guys walking around or you running with a pipe in your hand and then posing with it in your mouth. No tobacco. Don't, don't, yeah. don't put any tobacco in it. Cause you know, we don't want the tobacco to bounce out while you're running. You might give third hand tobacco poisoning to somebody. Yeah. Um Oh, I, I'm getting cranky again. All right. <laughs> Kyle, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay.
3: What is your favorite pipe? I want to cheat. I got two favorite pipes. Uh-oh. Yep. Um, I got one from Fat Daddy Pipes. Uh, my very own. My very first custom-made pipe, I called the guy. He, I messaged him. I said, I want a pipe based off Darth Vader. <laughs> he said, send me a picture, and he, he delivered. It was pretty. But my favorite, like, everyday, but it's a massive bowl. It's not in my everyday smoker. That's a good long walk pipe. Uh, My everyday pipe, probably my OMS Dublin. That's my workhorse. What is your favorite tobacco? Depending on the day of the week, right now I'm a big fan of that Sutliff Red Virginia Perique. Ooh, good choice. Uh, What is your
0: favorite drink? Eagle rare. Ooh. And when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie or music? Video games. Is that a choice? <laughs> yeah. That's a, well, sure. Whatever.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean books, books put me to sleep. Music. I listen to all day long. Movies. I fall asleep and yeah. Video games. What I do say awake at nighttime. I'm prepared for night shift. You, you really are a nerd. I'm
0: vi- oh huge video game Star Wars Disney. The only thing that doesn't fit into that is the Anthrax Metallica, and the and the fact that you're a sheriff's deputy.
3: But well, uh, I'm a big fan of a guy named uh, Jonathan Young. He does metal covers of Disney songs. I've heard him. He's so right there. Right there converges all my my nerdum, my metal nerdum, and my Disney nerdum into one. The circle is complete.
0: Yeah, and he's a lot better than that Japanese speed metal album that came out on Disney stuff that was just annoying. Um mm-hmm. and then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? Um, good lord. I can't remember last week, let alone. And you and you can't we, we've already talked about you meeting me, so that Right, was, right. Know.
3: That actually was going to be it, so no yeah. man, never mind. No, um I guess we touched on it with um the Fat Daddy Pipes. Uh, he was, he's a bit, He's on Instagram. I don't think he has a website yet, but I I emailed him or messaged him said, hey, how much for a pipe? He told me. He said, what do you want? I said, and I told him I want one theme after Darth Vader, and he actually said, give me a call. And again, never met this guy before in my life. I thought it was cool that some that a, a pipe maker would call, want me to call and get the, the exact details of what I wanted, and he And he messaged me throughout the whole process. Here's what it looks like. Do you like it? He even got me a little star Wars ring to go on right around the stem. (laughs) So that, that was cool that, you know, someone, someone like that, like a pipe maker would go through all that trouble and make sure I got what I wanted. That sounds like fun. It is
0: Kyle. Thank you for your service. Thanks for what you're doing. Uh, the Palmetto Pipe and Cigar Club on Facebook. Go on there, join, become a member, and if you're ever cruising through, even if you live up north, uh, they'll let Yankees stop by and
3: visit on the meetups when they have them. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sir. Our next one's probably about mid eight, mid May, May 18th. Um, place to be determined, but it'll
0: be announced by May. It should be indoors because it'll be hot and humid.
3: <laughs> oh, we, we should go. We should go to uh, tobacco shops. There you
0: go. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back in just a minute.
3: A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This
0: is Internet Radio. And we are back. Uh, Check out Kyle on social media and the Palmetto Pipe Club. All right, for music, Kyle inspired me. So, one of, my, one of my favorite songs from the movie The Lion King is Be Prepared. It's sung by uh, Jeremy Irons, who voices the character of the evil uncle who becomes king and kills the you know king. It's the Hamlet story. But anyway, it's a song called Be Prepared. And this may not be for everybody, but I like this. And this is the Jonathan Young uh, death metal version of Be Prepared from Disney's Lion King.
1: I never thought hyenas essential. They're crude and unspeakably plain. But maybe we've a glimmer of potential. If allied to my vision and friend. <laughs> So warthog's backside, but thick as you are, pay attention! My words are a matter of pride. It's clear from your vacant expressions. The lights are not all on upstairs. But we are talking kings and successions! Even you can't be caught unawares. So prepare for the chance of a lifetime. Sensational news, a sign in new era, Is tiptoeing nearer. And where do you feature? Just listen to teacher. I know it sounds sordid, but you'll be rewarded. And you'll never go hungry again <laughs> It's great that you'll soon be connected With the king who'll be all time adorned. Of course, queen or you grow You're expected to take certain duties on board The future is littered with prizes And who I'm the main address. The point that I must emphasize is You won't get a sniff without me So prepare for a crew of the century Be prepared for the margiest scam (laughs) meticulous planning Tenacity spurning Decades of denial It's simply why I'll be clear Disputed, distracted, saluted And see the i
0: The style may not be for everybody. I love the fact that he took the original Elton John and Tim Rice version, took it a little bit further, but not too far. So you kind of know what the original song was without going too overboard. You Daddy, have the email. If you have a comment, question, suggestion, idea, or just want to send your uh, love for me, Uh, Brian at PipesMagazine.com is the best email, or find me on Facebook. And you can follow me there anyway. It's free. Doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, All right, in the mailbag, going back to last week with uh, Bob Clark, uh, Pipestud says, I'm really looking forward to this one. I've sold a lot of Bob's pipes over the years, and those Elijah Cole pipes of his always get great reviews but best of all bob is a hard-working man and one of our hobbies true gentlemen and then we also have uh casey ghost saying it drives me crazy when i ask someone how the chicago show was and i get a it was good and that's it apparently they didn't see anyone or do anything it's really amazing (laughs) yeah uh bob was a good interview uh bob i can't make one cheaper than that clark really described the substantial startup costs that beginning carvers face they are rather daunting when you look at it you did the right thing with your thrifty budget of the rent on the rental you'd be better off thumbing your way out there than renting a car from them yeah at least i would have got there faster um probably could have walked faster too and then New Broom says, uh, this was one of the best shows ever. Bob is rich with stories of successes and failures that he tells with great humility, chagrin, and humor. <laughs> I'm happy that he's found a competitive niche in the pipe community in the pipe community that enables him to care for his family and enjoy his work. The music? Well, thanks for exposing me to something I'd never heard. It was certainly interesting. <laughs> Probably going to feel the same way about this week's music, too. Anyway, um, and on PipesMagazine.com, uh, a couple of new things on the homepage. There, there's a review of the new Cornell and Deal tobacco that's out. That's got uh, got some people interested. Uh, it's the San Sepal, San Sepulcro. Uh, anyway, don't forget, always check the front page of uh, of PipesMagazine.com, and let's start scheduling uh, pipe shows coming up. So the first one in August is the NASPC 2019 show, Friday the 23rd and Saturday the 24th of August in Dublin, Ohio. And sadly, I will not be there this year because I will be here in Charlotte seeing Queen with Adam Lambert on that Friday night. So sorry, guys, I will miss you. And then if the dates are correct, uh, Kansas City, September 20th through the 22nd that is the kansas city pipe club or pipe show at the wonderful argosy casino uh saturday october 5th the conclave of richmond pipe smokers gathering at the sutliff tobacco company so this year they're doing the show right there inside the factory so you get the factory tours and the show all in one day and then saturday october 12th the texas pipe show fort worth texas Pop safari room more details to come You can find more info there at texaspipeshow.com. And then finally, November 9th and 10th, that's the West Coast Pipe Show at the Palace Station. Probably my favorite pipe show of the year. Yeah, I just look forward to it so much every time. Uh, Anyway, uh, don't forget, plan yourself some time to get to a pipe show. Memories and information that you gather are just all completely priceless. All right, rant time is next.
2: There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy.
0: Okay, kids, here's one that really bothers me, and that may just be me, but it has to do with podcasts and YouTube videos. Yeah, iTunes and YouTube are the two servers that I use to listen, you know, that I listen to to podcasts on, and videos on YouTube. Well, <laughs> I spend, uh, you know, we we here at the Pipes Magazine radio show spend a lot of time and effort to try to make sure that each show is recorded at the same audio level, so that when you play one show after the other, you don't have to adjust the volume. Apparently, that is less common <laughs> than, than I would think, because with other shows... Uh, not um, yeah. Uh, other podcasts, you gotta jump the volume up or down in the minute it changes episodes, and especially across YouTube. You think YouTube, where you upload your item to their server, you'd think that YouTube, the company, could then modulate all the levels so that they're all equal because they have complete control over it. But no, if you're watching YouTube and you're running through 10, 10, 12-minute videos and they're jumping off and on, the volume jumps all over the place constantly. So everybody just try to get to a moderate level of volume stick with that and let's make it comfortable so that you're not having to jump up and down and change the volume all the time especially if you're just doing if you're doing a podcast it's really it's it's a little bit of work but it's not that much more work to make sure that each show is recorded at the same level at the same comfortable level so that everybody can just set their volume Push play and listen to multiples in a row. But uh, apparently, that can be a bit of a problem, even with some of the more professional podcasts I listen to. So, there you go. All right. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to Jeff and Kyle for joining me. And until next time. Happy
1: bomba dida you Until bomba meet again Happy trails to you bomba He's on then. Who cares about the clouds when we're together Just sing a song And think about sunny weather Happy trails to you 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 Till we
0: meet again (laughs) Oh, Zazu, do lighten up
1: Sing something with a little bounce in it
0: It's a
2: small world after all. No, no, anything but that.